Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. To the enemy's hand, and I, I took back what he stole from me. Will I, I took back what he stole from me. Will I, I took back what he stole from me. Will I, I went to the enemy's hand, and I, I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Under my feet, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Well, I went to the enemy's head, and I took back what he stole from me. Well, I took back what he stole from me. Well, I took back what he stole from me. Are there any? Look what the Lord has done. 
Are there any healed bodies in here this morning? Is there any minds that's been delivered from depression? Is there anybody saved? Is there anybody sanctified? How many Holy Ghost people do we got filled in the building this morning? I was reading Psalms 23 this morning, and I like how David ends it. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. For one day is better in his courts, one day is better in his house, and a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be right here, a doorkeeper, in the house of the Lord, than to dwell in the tents of the wickedness. Amen. If we get our ushers to come this morning, if we got any guests, we're glad you've chosen to be with us this morning. This week, Monday, we got Mondays with Mick. Do we have men's lunch still on Tuesdays? We still doing that? Ladies, do you have anything this week? Uh, Saturday evening, we have the uh, the men's fellowship fire. What time is that? 6.30 Who's ready to worship the Lord in giving? The book says to be a joyful giver, amen? Let's be happy about this Randy, you care to bless the offering this morning? Showing mercy 
answers Cause your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire Your name. 
y'all reason to shout right now. This is the first time I ever preached and I didn't sing. So go ahead. Now's your chance. But God impressed. Okay, that's enough train. God impressed this video on my heart that we're getting ready to watch. Y'all just stay up here because we're going to sing another song after this video. But I want you to just watch this video for a few moments. And I can guarantee you anything and everything in your life that you need. The king is all that. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. 
Praise his name. I believe we can do a little, just a little better than that, can't we? Hallelujah. The king of glory. The holy king of glory is right here this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Hebrews 12. You know, church, he don't require expensive gifts. He don't require fancy things, but he does require a pure heart. He does require reference to his holy name. I'm going to begin with Hebrews 12, 28, 29. It says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. 
For our God is a consuming fire. I skip down to 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read this out of Habakkuk. It says 3 and 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. The title to my message today, which actually I had the message before the title. I had to pray to get a title last night, and it's usually totally opposite for me. I get a title, and then I work my message. But the title of this message is Holy, Unchangeable, Infallible. The word infallible means will not mislead, deceive, or disappoint incapable of error and I'd like to start this morning by saying just exactly what Larry Grass just did right here these altars the pastor said this isn't a place of weakness this is a place of strength so anytime today during this service there's no particular time that you have to come to the altar because I believe spontaneous worship is going to change things in this room today not a schedule, not what man wants to do, but what God wants to do. The world we're living in today, there's no secret. It's constantly changing. Everything around us, yeah, go ahead, you can be seated. Our health changes, our finances changes, our moods change. But you know one thing about God, He never changes. Regardless how we feel or what we see or what we're doing, God never changes changes. There's no stability, it seems like, in the world, no matter where you go anymore. It seems like things are constantly changing, not just by the day, but they're changing by the hour now. And I'm not going to lie, it's overwhelming to me sometimes. Younger people can deal with change a lot better than some of you older people. (laughs) But you know what? I, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and what the world is doing, they are desensitizing us from each other no matter where you go now there's self-checkout even at the dollar store and people think well that's convenient well it's this it's that let me tell you something i believe it's a trick of the devil to desensitize people from having feelings and love toward one another because when you're not around people for a long time and then you get around them Things are not what they should be. We, we hold grudges more. We, we judge more. We, we do all these things that normally we wouldn't do if we were in that constant contact. So I'm going to warn you right now, don't let the desensitizing of things, just like COVID, that separated people. And I'm telling you, it's a trick straight out of the pits of hell to get people separate and get people out of church. And it worked. Last Sunday when pastors closed, he said that God wants to use this church. And there's not a doubt in my mind, that God's not going to use this church in the last days. It's been prophesied too many times over this church that he's going to use this as a beacon in the last days. Church, that's where we're at. It says that people are going to come from the north and the south and the east and the west and fill this place. Prophesied. If you don't know what prophesied or prophecy is, it's a word that God gives somebody that's going to happen at a future time. So how many in here honestly believe that God's going to use this church in these last days? That should be almost everybody in here. Okay, let me ask you something. If God is never changing, why are our services up and down? Is it him? He's never changing. So it must lie 
within us. You know, we get those services that you can actually, I mean, it feels like you could just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. And, you know, church, that should be a normal. That, some of them are like an Isaiah 6 experience. We saw, see him high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple. But it should be more of that, not just a, every now and then. There's just something about the holy presence of God when we allow him to, to truly search us, our imperfections, our shortcomings are revealed through his holiness. That's what tells our hearts that there's something wrong here. Woe is me. Everybody in here can woe is me. I'm sure about that too. So church, what changes from time to time? We get that forward momentum going. It's like full steam ahead. It's like, man, I can't wait to the next service. And then it's like we just let off. I wonder if we back off a little bit because the closer we get to him, the more he's going to require of us. Because, see, more of him means less of us. And let me, ju- let me just say something right now before I get started. I'm not in here to tell anybody you're not saved You're not going to heaven. If you have asked Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior of your life, that relationship is between you and him. I'm not in here to beat anybody down, but I am here to pray that this sermon will stir us. To change this church to give God more reverence to his holiness. That this sanctuary that we're sitting in will be reverenced to more of his holiness that desire of reverence will become prevalent in our lives and we'll, we'll walk and, and we'll talk it and not just say it anymore. You know, the pastor could begin preaching. Anything goes, drink what you want, premarital sex, just drugs, whatever. And he could preach that and say, well, you know, God loves you. No matter what, he loves you. And, you know, after a few months, when that word would get out in the public, we'd have to put chairs out because this place would not hold the people that would flock into this building. You see, they could feel good how they're living. They could, like the old saying goes, they could have their cake and eat it too. Part of it would be true, though. God does love them, but God hates sin. God will not compromise or change his word to make us feel good. To make our sin okay because it's not okay. We need to continue to get what our pastor gives us week after week, sermon after sermon, he preaches the truth. And I'm not going to lie, there's times I walk out here, I don't like him. (laughs) But let me tell you something. Them sermons, when I don't like him, those are the ones that change. Those are the ones that make a difference. You know, God is love from the front to the back of this book. But it doesn't say love, 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 three consecutive times the same word about love. He's a healer. 
front to back, but he doesn't say healer, healer, healer three times in a row. He may mention it in the same scripture, using it three times, but not three consecutive times. He's a restorer from front to back. He's a savior from front to back. But let me tell you one word that is in there three times in a row. It's just like verily, verily. It's to get, you know, you better listen right here. In Isaiah 6 and 3, it says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Revelation 4, 8 says, Holy, 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 God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And actually, while I was studying about the three consecutive words in a row, I did come across two other places in the Bible that has a different word, and if you want to look that up, you can. But there is two other places in the Bible that one word is used three consecutive times, and I'd say there's a good sermon there, but I, I didn't study it out. I'd like to ask you today, if you, if you knew that Jesus was going to show up right here in person today, what would you do different? Would your conversations be the same? Would you wear the same clothes? I'd probably wear my suit that I wore last week, actually. If you could say that nothing would be different, then you're a lot holier than I am. Because woe is me. I tell you, I'd be off social media, and somebody would have to pry this word out of my hand to know that he was going to be here today. Matthew 18 and 20 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of him. So church, we don't have an excuse, do we? Because he's here. He's here with us right now. Back in May, I was uh, flipping through the channels and I was like, what in the world? They, they had the coronation of King Charles. I'm not, I'm not into that stuff. And, you know, I watched it for about 10 minutes, and I, I turned it off. But then a couple weeks later, I was in, I was in my truck. That's, that's my prayer closet, actually, because that's where I spend all my time. And I began to think back of some of the things that I saw. So I pulled it up on the Internet, and I was just going through some of the stuff. And, you know, the royals pulled out all the stops. Money was no object for the coronation of King Charles. The royal crown was all polished. The royal carriage was all shined up. Horses were groomed to perfection. And I even read that a lot of their outfits that they wore, they were hand-sewn because they wanted to make sure they were perfect. All that for a king. They wanted everything perfect. For a king. All the whoop-de-doo for a few thousand select. It said that there was only like 2,000 to 2,500 invitations sent out that could actually get into the Westminster Abbey to, to see the coronation ceremony itself. You see, that's a difference in a king and the king. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, not 2,000, 2,500, 
that believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, everybody's invited. Do you know him? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. And he died for all, that those who live will live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You see, we don't have limited access to our king, but it came with a price. It said that tens of thousands upon thousands of people lined the streets that day to see a king. We can't fill a church on a sunny day. Church, I know it's hard. It was hard on me. Let me tell you something. I cried and wept and repented more than I wrote when I was preparing this sermon because I said, woe is me. And I I had to apologize to the Lord when I was reading and I was studying. I said, Lord, I've taken so much for granted. Just... Yeah, it'll be there tomorrow. And that's the way we look at it. So what, what was, Jesse, can you put those, that first slide up? What, what was it, folks, that, that draws such a, a crowd to, to that? Was it, was it the fancy crown that King Charles wore? That crown of thorns ain't too appealing, is it? But there's a meaning behind it. Then let me tell you something. I'd much rather see that one than I would that one. Go to, that, go to that next one, Jess. Go ahead, that next one, Jess. There's the royal carriage. Look at that. Man, that, that is awesome. That's a ride there. That's, that's pimp my ride style right there, Tom Devian. <laughs> but look what our king rode in on. Nothing fancy about that, was there? So what, what is it, folks, that, that, that draws people? I know that's their tradition for hundreds and hundreds of years, and that's what they do, but... Ours has been thousands of years. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus, the Lord, is wanting to do some things in this church. Let me tell you what will fill this place, other than the pastor preaching that junk that I just said, is people seeing, watching, and listening to us to show him What's in here? We have to stop with speaking words, just speaking with our lips, but we've got to start worshiping him in spirit and in truth. We're not fooling our family. We're not fooling our friends. We're not fooling our neighbors because let me tell you something. They are watching how we handle every situation in our life, and that could determine whether they want what we want or not. If I get puffed up, cry and whine and halfway cuss and everything else every time something comes against me, I could go out to a bar and get that. Why would I want to come in here in a place that's holy? I tell you, I get so sick of battling the same things over and over and over because something new's coming every day and then we're still battling the stuff that we go back to. And it all goes back to what Pastor preached Wednesday night, our authority. 
We do not use our authority the way we should. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the kingdom of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, we're, we're, we're allowing our circumstances to dictate our lives instead of our lives dictating our circumstances. This dictates everything in our life that we're going to come against from birth until death. So his word is true, and he's never changing. Why can't we stand on it for every situation that comes into our life? I read in the scripture that you can take things into captivity. Well, let me tell you, worry will steal your worship. Fear will steal your joy. Well, how do I take things into captivity? Well, you deal with them immediately. When that thought comes into your mind, don't say, well, I'll get that this evening. You have to deal with it right then. I'm going to tell you a little experience that I had. Because, you know, our testimonies help other people. Well, I was in South Carolina. I was in church. Matter of fact, I think uh, we even had the bus ministry going at that time. And I can remember like it was yesterday. Me and a friend was riding in a vehicle. We went by a store. And the enemy put a thought in my mind. He said, well, Jack, you know, the beer, you really just like the taste of it. It's not the, the buzz or the high or whatever you feel. And they sell non-alcoholic beer now. Huh. Well... That thought stayed in my mind. It stayed in my mind. And I went and got me some. Well, it wasn't probably a month or two. I'd put it in the freezer when I'm cutting grass like I always do and drink that non-alcoholic beer. Well, that taste got to the desire again. And before I knew it, I was out of church in the bar. And church, I mean, I was there. I thought, oh, yay, I'm right here, God. But I did not take that thought under captivity. And that stronghold came back into my life. Then I was in church, out of church, in church, out of church for a while. And then, you know, it's like when something like that happens, you look for a co-conspirator. So, you know, somebody else maybe that drinks or something. Somebody that will agree with what you're thinking, maybe they're thinking the same thing. So I went to a fellow drinker. I said, hey, what do you think? I agree. So we both were at church drinking again. And, you know, it's the same thing with gossip, drugs, sexual perversion, just whatever sin there is, you will try to find somebody that will say, that's okay. We'll do this together. Let me tell you, Matthew 15, 14 says, and if the blind lead the blind, both fall into the ditch. His strength is made perfect in our weakness, church. He desires us and wants us to call on him. Let me ask you something. When's the last time one of y'all's shadows have healed anybody? Peter's did. Let me tell you the last time mine did. Uh, Never. Why can't it happen? If he's no respecter of persons, 
So it's got to be something in us, church, that's different, that's changed, if he is never changing. Don't think that God can't do it. Let me tell you something. I'm just crazy enough to believe that we can get to a place in this church that when we pull in this parking lot, people are lined up out the doors to have a real encounter with a holy king. I'm crazy enough to believe that. I believe we can get at a place where supernatural power, they walked in here unsaved. They're not walking out of here the same way. But it's going to take the power and the holiness and the reverence of a holy God from us. That's what's going to change things. I believe that we can get to a place, when they come through them doors, there will be people stacked, and the usher's going to have to drag them out of the way to let others come in this door. I believe we can get to a place in this sanctuary, in this sanctuary, that that will happen. But if you're sitting there saying, well, boy, he's way out there this morning, ain't he? Probably never will. Because let me tell you, it ain't going to take a minority, because we've got a minority right now that's believing that. There ain't a doubt in my mind. But it's going to take the majority. It's going to take us all getting on the same page. It's going to take us being in unity to see a move and a work like that of God. But I'm telling you, our community, our families, our friends, our neighbors, they need that. They need that from us, church. Oh, Jesus. I'll tell you something else, another thing. Judgment. Judgmental. I'm going to tell on myself again. This just happened a couple months ago since my dad's been sick. And I told him about it the day we was there because God touched my heart, and I was like, whoa, it's me. But dad can't walk anymore hardly, and I usually let him out at the door if we go somewhere or get him a little cart. Well, I let him out the door one day, and he's got a handicap sticker in his truck. And I pulled right in there and parked and got out and, Whoa, how many times have I pulled in Walmart and see somebody get out and say, my goodness, they're walking better than I am. And that hit me right then of my judgmental spirit. Because, see, I was judging other people thinking they were parking there and just using the sticker just so they didn't have to walk as far. But what if they were like me? They let somebody out that really needed it. You see, things like that, judging people, it just takes little things. The little foxes is what spoils the vine. The word holy is used 611 times throughout Scripture. So there must be pretty, something pretty significant about it. Ephesians 1, 4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but in holiness. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but holiness. 2 Timothy 1, 9 says, Who has saved us and called us, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning. Holy, holy, holy is the king that we serve, church. I'm sure there was nothing on that screen that you watched that didn't touch whatever circumstance in your life that you're facing right now. The king will respond if we go to him with a holy reverence. When we get a true revelation of who he is, that's when the impossible become possible. Joshua commanded the sun to stand still 
till he fought and won the battle of the Amorites. He didn't want to run out of daylight. So he commanded the sun to stand still. Peter walked on water. Elijah called it not to rain for three and a half years. Do you know that we could actually do that stuff, church? There's nothing I found in this word that says that we cannot do that. So what is the difference between them and us? Is it the holy reverence of God? I don't know. You have to search yourself. I was just last night speaking to somebody, and he told me this story. You talk about faith. Let me tell you something. When I got home last night, I could just lay in bed. That's all I could do is think about what he told me. But he said back in the 80s, he was out of work, didn't have no job, and was about to lose his truck, get it repoed. Well, he was reading the Word, and God put on his heart a scripture that God said, okay, you done feeling sorry for yourself now. I got something for you to do. And he said, well, what is it? He said, I want, it was around Thanksgiving time. He said, I want you to go buy enough food to feed those that are less fortunate than you are. He said, well, that probably ain't going to be many because he was down. He was, he was down and out. But he did what God asked him. He had made a list of 33 people that he knew in his own neighborhood that were less fortunate than him. So he went up to Freddie Blacks and he said, hey, I got these 33 people. He said, uh, I need enough food, uh, you know, the vegetables, the turkey, ham, whatever rolls to feed these families. He said, when you get it figured up, give me a price. He said, uh, he called him back a couple days before it was ready. He said, $409. He said, wow. And he told me, he said, Jack, I didn't have a penny. He said, told Freddie, he said, I'll sweep the parking lot. I'll do whatever I have to do. He said, uh, I'm not hiring. So he went home, and he said that a friend of his called him, and he said, hey, my truck's broke down. He said, I guess somebody may wrecked it or whatever, but it broke pieces on it and everything else. It had to be welded. The windshield was busted out. He said, I need it back on the road just as soon as you can get it. He said, all right, bring it over. Well, he fixed that truck, took the windshield out of his own truck that he had sitting there to put in that truck to get it running. And the guy, he worked all night to get this done. And the guy came to pick it up, and he said, how much I owe you? He said, $409. He took that money and went and paid for that food and gave to those families. Folks, that's faith. I thought about that last night. I said, could I have done that? And in his glove compartment, the names that he had written these 33 people's names on was actually the repossession slip for his truck, and he didn't realize he wrote it on that. And his friend was with him, and he says, uh, you know, this is a repossession notice. And he said, yeah. He said, well, you should have took that money and paid your payment. He said, no, I had to be obedient to God. And, you know, God's blessed him through that. Through all his life, he told me, he said, Jack, I've never wanted. And Brother Johnny, that testimony touched me. I don't know if I could do that. Church, I don't know about you, but there's such a groaning and an urgency 
in my spirit right now to see our families, to see this church filled, to see lives changed just as we talked about. It's 11.59 and 59 seconds. And I know that there's many of you in here that sense the same thing. You see, people, just they just want to see what we're going to say and how we're going to handle things. They want us to walk the walk and talk the talk. And Just how close are we to the coming of the Lord? How much time do we actually think and believe that we have? Let me read 2 Timothy to you, and you judge. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And such people turn away. Lena, if I get you, praise team, come back up. Church, I just want to ask you this morning, this sign that sits right here, directly in front of the pulpit, that's been there for a long time. And when I was down here the other day, I don't know, it just, I sit back there and I read it. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. And when I come in here and begin to pray, there was just something that clicked. And I truly believe that if you're here this morning and your desire for the holiness of God touch you. He's going to move mountains. He's going to do something miraculous in here today, church. Not tomorrow. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to close with this scripture. It's in the Message Bible. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God's done for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted, your culture, that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you. Always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed, maturity in you. If I could have every eye closed and bow your heads. You know, church, this is a, when you bow your heads and close your eyes, it's reverence to a holy king. In the Old Testament, the Israelites had the Ark of the Covenant. And you knew better than to touch it or you'd be struck dead. The Holy of Holies, when the high priest would go in behind that veil, he didn't just walk in any nonchalant way that he wanted to. He made sure he was right or he was struck dead. So who are we as a church to think that we can walk in this building nonchalantly and just raise our hands when we feel like it, 
Say hallelujah, glory to God. He's the king when we feel like it. When he died for each and every one of us. I'm going to say something this morning, church. If you're here this morning and you're lost and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to say first of all, I'm sorry. I apologize for me and for anyone else that may be around you that claims to be something that you're not seeing. I'm sorry for that. But we're still a work in progress. God is still doing work until we get into His presence. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have faults. But you see, there's a difference in making a mistake. When you make a mistake, you learn from it. But a habitual offender is somebody that does it over and over and over and over again. We've got to get it right, church. Let me tell you something. When I was talking just a minute ago about that alcohol, God has delivered some people in this place that has crept back into your life. And He's right now telling you if it was wrong then, it's wrong now. And He wants to deliver you 100% again from that thing. And I want to ask you, if that's you, when I give a general altar call, if you want me to pray with you and be specific, that's fine, but you don't even have to tell me. That's between you and God. But don't let that thing that has crept back into your life destroy your relationship and keep you from reaching the holiness of our sovereign God. Now to the church. I'm sure y'all's probably smelled that bread. And I'm going to ask you, is the desire for that bread to see hot melted butter just running over the edges stronger than our desire to reach the king? If you're here this morning and lost, just lift up your hand. Nobody's looking around. I just want to know who to pray for. If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. It's good. There's no hands. But church, now I'm gonna ask the church. If you've been challenged, if you've been touched, I'm gonna ask you to spend some time around this altar with God. If there's people here that are sick in body. I want special prayer. I don't want to miss anybody. I'll be more than happy to pray for you. But church, we're going to a new level, I believe, after today. I really believe that with all my heart. Not only do I believe we're going to, I believe we have to. Let His holiness invade the areas of your life this morning that He hasn't been able to reach for a while. Come on, church. Let's let's pray. Let's 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 show the king that we mean business this morning. And if you need prayer, I'll be more than happy to pray for you.
Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. 
Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.